Y'all, we live in difficult times. There's war, political unrest, the pandemic, poverty, families being torn, communities ripped by gun violence and people dying every day. Police, injustice, it's all bringing so much pain. But y'all, we can look inside our minds and we can understand who we are, become better, and do this thing like we've never done it before. But it all starts with our mental health and I know we can do it. I believe in you because I believe in me and I believe in us. And I be defecating on the microphone. Hello and welcome to another episode of Therapy Is Life, where thinking, feeling, and experiencing well-being is what we do. Today, we're going to continue our discussion around hip-hop and women and mental health. Today, we're going to explore and discuss some of those songs we discussed in the last episodes with the men. But today, we have our very special host, <laughs> friend, and clinical therapist, Naisha Perry. What's Good up, morning. girl? How you doing? I'm doing fine. And of course, again, one of our, um, we would say, hip-hop professionals, BK Watts. What up, though? Y'all know what it is. So, yeah, so as we did on the last episode, we, we asked everyone to think about how you see women, how you see uh, women in rap music. And in hip hop, do you like them? Do you just feel like they're entertainers? Or do you really hear their words? But first, before we go deeper into this discussion, I want to speak to Miss Naisha Perry over here. I want you to tell our audience a little bit about you and how you do as a therapist. <laughs> All right, so yes, I am the owner and CEO of Triumphant Counseling Services, and as a therapist, I um, meet with clients to initially figure out, you know, what it is that they want help with. So when they call in, they may be calling with a crisis. They may be calling in because they just heard that therapy is helpful. A friend of theirs got therapy, and they're like, I, I just want to see what it's about. So initially, when I meet with them, I assess just to figure out, you know, what is the presenting concern? Why are you here? What are some of your goals? What do you want to see differently and how I may help that person? Right, right. That's 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 what's up. Tell me. So when people come in, you're doing an assessment, right? Yes. And in that assessment process is to help uh, you better understand the backstory behind the problem. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, you know, a lot of times when people come into therapy, I, I feel like they just want to jump right into mm -hmm. uh, fix me, fix, fix me, me or, or <laughs> this is my problem. Um, but as therapists, we need context to try to understand yes. what in the world is going on. Mm -hmm. Right. Get down to the core. Get down to the core. So with that being said, let's get down to the core with it. Thank you, Naisha. We appreciate that. So we, we want to get into the discussion around the music. I, I want to say this. I applaud um, a number of artists for being very open and transparent about their own mental health mm -hmm. and, um, and, and encouraging others to go and address 
their issues. I, I, I remember hearing about Common and him addressing his own issues and how he felt it would help him uh, solve problems. Um, I had a client who came into my office and the thing that motivated him to come in was because he had talked to uh, a, a rapper who, who encouraged him. So he came in, not only did he come in to do therapy, but <laughs> he wanted to take his phone and do FaceTime <laughs> while we were doing the therapy session. Mm. And I was like, boy, what you doing? Yeah. You can't do that. No, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. We don't want to put your therapy session online. But then he, he talked about, uh, I think it was Wiz Khalifa. He talked about him. And he was like, yeah, but he goes to therapy. And, uh, you know, he talks about his therapy sessions. And I was like, that's fine. He, he, he can talk about his therapy sessions, but we're not going to put yeah. our therapy session online. <laughs> can you imagine that, Mark? No, that's, I don't know why you would even want to do that. But, I mean, I, I, well, I mean, I guess because people just trying to take to everything mm -hmm. and, and take it to the internet and take it to the people who they feel like support them or whatever the case may be, or they try to show like, you know, it's, it's almost like, um, you know, like you can see, you can see a homeless person and you, and you have food. You can go give them, you could just go That's give right. them the food and go about yeah. your day. But like today, more than likely somebody is going to take out their phone, show themselves, get the food, show themselves, go give it to the homeless person and, See, I made this homeless person's day, and you putting that person all on the camera, and it's like that can be super embarrassing. But people don't think about it like that. They feel like you're supposed to show this, you're supposed to put it out there, yeah. and to a degree, yes. So it's like fine to be like, yeah, I, I go to therapy, but the internet shouldn't be in the therapy session with you, though. Exactly, internet should not be in the therapy session. So, as we did on, in the last episode, we're going to talk about some songs that talk about mental health. And then we're going to talk about some of the particular diagnoses that might come along with some of um, our mental health challenges and struggles and, and what that might look like as we talk, as we go through these, this process. Also, you know, we want to get a little bit more of Naisha's perspective, being a woman mm -hmm. and a therapist, on what she thinks. So let's start with ladies first. Okay. Yeah, so that, that's Queen Latifah and Mona Love. You, uh, obviously, you know, when we talked about it the other day, we saw it as being a, a, um, a song that was empowering and it, it, it provided an opportunity for women to feel good about themselves and, and step out in, in, this, in this space mm -hmm. of rap music and in life. Right. What's your thoughts? Um... So definitely with self-esteem, you know, when Queen Latifah talks about ladies first and this, you know, talking about the womb, you know, women being creators, mm. um, just taking it to another perspective of taking, you know, rappers before that and just how men had different perceptions of females and what they're supposed to be doing mm -hmm. and what they're supposed to look like. But just taking it back to, you know, what we do, you know, mm -hmm. women, we have a womb, we create out of our womb and looking at us from a different light. So, you know, it made us feel empowered, mm. you know, women to be empowered. Like, yeah, I'm more than just sex. I'm more than just, you know, cooking and cleaning and looking good and wearing short skirts. But look what else I could do that, you know, men cannot do. So mm. it was very empowering. Mm. And then the term ladies, 
You know, seeing a a woman as a woman, then breaking it up like, okay, well, this is what a lady is. This is how ladies look versus a girl, you know, a teenager, a hoe, a bee, but a lady. Mm -mm -mm. I I love it. Tell me this. With with that being said, um, how important is self-concept, self-esteem? How important do you mm, think? Extremely important. I think sometimes people don't understand the difference between self-confidence and self-esteem. Mm. You know, your self-esteem is like how you feel in a room with other people that are like you. You know, um, you know, am I dressing the part? How do I feel? Is my hair in place? You know, mm. my outside about how I'm presenting to others. You know, I would see that as esteem. Mm. But then the confidence is within. Mm. You can't, no one can see your self-confidence, you know, Mm. sometimes with body language, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're looking at like imposter syndrome and things like that, it could be someone who is not confident and they get up on that podium and Mm. they present and they appear confident to other people, but they may be sweating inside, heart racing and feel like they did a horrible job. So Mm. confidence, I believe, starts within and it presents in our self-esteem. So... Would, would it be fair to say that our confidence embodies our internal dialogue, what we say about ourselves? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The messages we have about ourselves. So, it's, so our internal dialogue impacts how we interpret other people's actions, mm-hmm. their facial expressions, they, the fact that they spoke to me or they told me I did a good job or I did a bad job. Yeah. So what we see about ourselves, because if somebody said, Gerald, you suck. You know, I hear that, and if it makes me feel so down and discouraged that I don't want to do this anymore, let's stop Because of what somebody else said. What somebody else said, or I'm like, okay, so what do you really mean? Maybe you have something that you could give me that might encourage me to do better, so I want to hear that. But while I'm hearing that, I'm not thinking, oh, I'm, I'm just terrible and bad. I'm just thinking that maybe there might be something there that I can learn from and I can get better. Mm-hmm. But it's not that there's something wrong with me, my abilities and my skills. So I think we got that self, self-confidence. Do you think that being in America, being in the environment that we actually live in, that we do a good enough job of encouraging women's self-concept, self-esteem? Hmm. No, I don't think so. I'm, I'm trying to think. I think about makeup commercials, right? Even though it's marketing something, but it's like, you know, you have to, once again, look a certain way. You mm-hmm. have to have this particular concealer to hide, mm-hmm. right? And, I, you know, I'm, I live in America. When I go overseas and things like that, I'm on vacation. I'm not watching TV, so I don't know what their commercials look like. So I'm biased in my opinion, but we're looking at Maybelline, makeup, covering up, looking beautiful. Um, not an, Recently, we're seeing more natural mm-hmm. looks, right? We're seeing more people with like their natural curly hair and things like that, and we're just now being able to embrace that um, and make people feel more comfortable looking natural and being who they are. Yeah. But And I just think it's more about like looking the part and everybody looking the same. Right, exactly. Because, you know, when I've gone to other countries or even, like, read materials from other countries, body image and what beauty looks like is different in different Mm -hmm. places. And so people have different expectations. Obviously, um, being a certain weight, having a certain look, being a certain complexion, um, having certain hairstyles, Mm -hmm. you know, um, having a particular shape can can 
can definitely be things that can influence how we feel about ourselves. But what does it really mean to uh, to be a, a lady and, and to feel good about yourself? Does those things really speak to what it really means? And, and I think it's, it's important that we continue to ask ourselves that question every day yeah. that we live. Like, what what helps us? Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for that. Let, let, let's move on. You know, another song we talked about the other day was U-N-I-T-Y. Yeah, so unity. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what's like your- women banding together. That was another empowering song. You know, women banding together like, you know, we are strong. We are in unity. We don't need men backing us up and giving us permission Mm. Um, you know, for domestic violence, abuse, and, you know, sometimes goes back to our ancestors and slavery, right? Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of, you know, domestic violence even start. But beyond that, you had men abusing women, abusing children. And that song to me just meant like, you know, we got to stand up for ourselves. We don't have to take it anymore. And when she said, you know, who you calling a bee? Mm-hmm. Because at some point, women started to believe, like, okay, if I'm called this, and this is what I am. Mm-hmm. But it, it breaks it down again. What a woman is, a lady, a bee, mm-hmm. right? They all mean different things on different levels. Um, so if somebody is treating you in that way, and a, a man is t- referring to their significant other as a bee, that's like low down. That's a dog. Yeah. Right? Right. And she like, who you calling? Like, we don't, we don't do that. Yeah. And, you know, there's one part in the song where she says there's exceptions and like we plan. It's like we plan these exceptions when we plan. Mm-hmm. There's places where I can call you a B or, or whatever, but it's when we plan. But in most cases, don't put your hands on me unless I want to be touched. Don't uh, don't yeah. come to me the wrong the way. Boundaries. Establishing boundaries. And I, th- I think that's really important. You know, one of the things as a therapist I like to think about with, with songs like this is emotional abuse and the fact that we downplay emotional abuse, the power of words mm-hmm. and how they affect us. Yeah. We use words all the time and, and not think about how it's messing with our, our self-concept, how we feel about ourselves. You know, yeah. um, when, somebody says to, when somebody says to you, you ain't crap or you'll never amount to nothing or you'll never be anything or be yeah. or, it becomes or be embedded. It becomes embedded. I had a client one time tell me when he was growing up that his mom used to always tell him that he wasn't going to be nothing and that he wasn't going to accomplish anything when she would get angry at him. And he said he he carried that around for many years. And he said sometimes it would be like a chain around his neck when he was mm. trying to do something and it would just feel oh, like it's choking him. The words, his, his mom's words. Mm. So a lot of times we don't think about the words, but words have meaning. Yeah, that's why we have to be impeccable with our word. Yeah, yeah. Elaborate a little bit more. Impeccable. Um, Just understanding that there's life and death and the power of the tongue. Mm. Say what? You know, we speak things into existence. And for those people who believe in black magic, you know, black magic is real. You mm-hmm. say something so many times until it happens. You believe it. You live it out in that way. But learning to speak love and life into your children, into yourselves, into projects, into things. But giving those things more positive energy than negative. 
Right, right, exactly. So yeah. we, we, being we, impeccable, yeah, being we, intentional we, about everything that you speak and what you say, even in music, being intentional about what you listen to. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, we like songs. We like we were talking about in a couple episodes ago about um, you know Jeezy. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you may not really like what he's talking about, but it was those beats. You know, it was like well, that he already got me, and now that he got me, whatever words he say now, I'm in. Right. So mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we are impeccable with what we allow into our spirit. Right. Into our minds, because mm-hmm. those things play out in every day. <coughs> like somebody says, Mark, you are what you eat, right? mm-hmm. what, what you yeah. take in. That's what, that's but that's what, what people don't. Yeah, people don't realize that it's more than just food. Because there's food for thought. So it's, 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 it's what you, you are what you eat here too, yeah. <laughs> not just here. So yeah, yeah and all you, that matters. Yeah, yeah, you are what you eat. And, and I think sometimes the foundations of things like depression and anxiety could just be based in the words we hear, mm-hmm. um, the, the things we hear. The foundation of the, um, the child adversity study, the first thing is emotional abuse, which is based on the issues of words that we choose to use. When I work with uh, um, moms, oftentimes, I'm, I'm curious about the language. When I'm working with kids, I'm curious about the language the parents use with their children. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I, I, I realize that parents may call they, uh, their kids little Bs, little Ooh. Hs, even little mugs. But you realize... And I'm saying to them, you know, this language um, is something that's going to make it a deep impression upon mm-hmm. them. And so that's in the early years. But then you'll, you'll, you'll I've worked with kids maybe 11, 12, 13 years old. And the parent is saying, well, my kids use these dis- disrespectful language towards me now. Or they say these things. And I ask the question, what kind of language have you been using all these years with your children? Because you may have been implanting in them mm-hmm. that this was the way we speak to each yeah, other. It was, okay. it was okay. And so like when a kid is young, you might say these things and they may not understand the context, but when they get older and they begin to understand words more, you mean to tell me my mom has been calling me this and this means this and that means that. So then it, it start, it stokes anger and frustration. Yep. So then it starts to come out in the child. So it's important that we 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 be cautious about our cautious about our words. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another thing about I, th- I think about y- unity. Despite this is crazy though. Despite the fact that UNITY, she was talking to men and speaking to them how they speak to to women, and how they touch women, and and how and and the issues of boundaries. But it also says, look. We love you from infinity to infinity. We love you. We we there for you. We got your back. And you know, as a therapist, oftentimes, you know, I realize that, you know, there's a number of people who come in my office, uh, particularly women, who will love some men who don't know how to treat them <laughs> at all. Yep. They what do you think that's about? What do you think that's about? You know. I oftentimes think, what have we learned about relationships and what we believe they should be? Because maybe we grew up in dysfunction. Yeah. And so we, then we, uh, we reproduce that. But I think another part of it is, is that on an emotional level, we are 
wired to desire relationships and not be alone. So we'd rather have something that makes us cry and makes us feel bad versus not having anything at all. Mm, okay. And, and, and so we, we, we'll, we'll walk in that space hoping that it's going to change or it's going to get better. Yeah. And, and, and it usually doesn't. Yeah, because a lot of times people take it personal. Mm-hmm. If they are in an abusive relationship, they believe, what, you know, what am I doing wrong? Right. Um, I, I can fix this. I can get this person. It's like being responsible for something that's not yours. I feel like I can fix him. Mm-hmm. Um, all I got to do is this. Oh, that didn't work. Let me keep going. Let me keep going because I believe that they can change. No. Believe, well, who was it? Was it Maya Angelou who said that um, when somebody shows you who they Maya are, Angela. believe them the first time? Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to learn how to do is believe that. Believe that we are not strong enough to change everybody. Mm. Whoever this person presents as, whoever they are, that is who they are. And it is not our responsibility to change them. That is how people waste years and years of their lives being in abusive, unhealthy relationships. And you lose yourself every time you give yourself to somebody over and over. You lose self-respect. You lose self-confidence. You lose who you are as a person because you steady giving pieces and pieces, huge pieces, and they sprinkling crumbs or giving you nothing at all. Right. Don't take that personal. You can't fix them. You got to know when to just be like, I got to choose me. You Mm. know, I I can't stay here. But that is how our society, you know, it's always about people pleasing and doing this and doing that to make people happy. But we don't, society doesn't teach us how to make ourselves happy and how to love ourselves. It's about getting good grades, being liked. You know, we talked about bullying before, dressing the part, looking the part. But we're just now, I think in 2020, when people really started talking about, ooh, I love myself. Right. <laughs> you know, you know the definition of happiness, I think, creates part of the problem Mm -hmm. because there's these ideals so in order to be happy i have to have this house the white picket fence and a dog yeah i have to have you know dog you know (laughs) i have to live this certain experience when you know i I like the um i I like uh the idea that happiness the psychology that suggests that happiness is more of the absence of fear the absence of sadness and the absence of anger i I like that i I like that uh, that suggestion because what Mm -hmm. that does is it's not about a particular theme that's right it's about being in a state being content and being at peace so you can be happy no matter where you at you can be in third world you can be in first world that's right you can be happy as long as you don't have those things if you don't have those things and being able to see that you know what today you know i i really i i ain't really um Mad about nothing too much, you know. I had a good, I had a good breakfast. The day was a good day. I'm happy versus saying, oh, I have to have this, or I have to have achieved, accomplished this over here. I have yeah. to have this relationship over here, and you know, happiness isn't defined by the dollar amount in your bank account, yeah, or who's sitting beside you. You know, your happiness is within yourself. Right, right, and in, and if, and I and I think when we can find that type of happiness, I think it makes it easier for us to choose relationships more cautiously. Mm-hmm. I don't want nobody disturbing my peace. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> when you are happy, you are whole and complete within. 
Remember we talked about the gravy? And the gravy. <laughs> the oh, potato. The potato and the gravy. It's yeah. like I want to be the whole ice cream sundae, and mm-hmm. my person is just a cherry on top because whether or not they leave, I'm mm-hmm. still going to be a whole sundae. Yeah, whole I want to be happy and whole and complete without them and with them. And and in saying that, because, you know, sometimes when people have been traumatized, they look at that kind of idea with, absolution it's either this extreme or that extreme right versus the balance of understanding yes we need people in our lives but we want to have certain types of relationships and toxic destructive relationships people who talk down to us and make us feel bad and blame us for all their issues and all that kind of stuff in life you know Mm -hmm. we can't depend on them or count on them in in any kind of way you know we really need to consider what we're doing and it makes me think about eve love is blind (laughs) yo one of the best records ever especially pertaining to this topic so fire yep love is blind it will take over your mind what you think is love is truly not you need to elevate and find elevate that's it that's <laughs> it that's really that's that's the song i've been looking the most forward to getting to oh for real oh, <laughs> that joint is crazy i mean think like everything about it like to to be able to speak it from the outside perspective but it's so many people like the fact that a song that's so depressing ultimately but still uplifting became a chart topping hit Mm -hmm. that went everywhere shows us how many people can relate to it Mm -hmm. and how many people have either experienced it uh rather themselves or um you know being involved in a household where domestic violence is happening or were a third party to maybe a friend or whatever the case may be and just seeing, uh, you know, the impact that that record had is just crazy, especially when you think the mental health is, you know, because she was speaking it from the third party outside looking in. Like, That's I don't right. even know you, but I hate you. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> but all I know is that my girlfriend used to date you, like, and dude was just trash and he was foul to her in every way. Yeah. And it's like those experiences being spoken to is like that was a point where there weren't a lot of those records like the 2000s, like early 2000s, it, it, like not even from Eve. I mean, she was on, she was with DMX, mm-hmm. Rough Riders. The songs, right, yeah. the songs is all about beating niggas up and, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> and like partying and kicking it at the club. So that's all felt extra out of left field for her. But then you got to remember, like, she's a woman. These are the type of experiences that a woman, of course, would speak to. And also, it's another one of those subjects, like some of the records we talked about the other day, like in the 90s, that... Um, men typically don't, when we do, um, have male artists that do real life subject matter in their records, it's usually not about those types of things. Cause those things don't necessarily impact us the same way that they do women. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have somebody like Eve come with that, that was a very, very important record. Yeah. It was, Especially and it wasn't like, like it was like her it, third party, you right. know, it wasn't like I went through this, I went through this. Cause then we would have been like, eh. Yeah, because everyone else was doing that. But to talk about like how it directly affected her right. just watching it. Right. The outside is like you're in it and you're being you're in a relationship with somebody who is abusive or whatever the case may be. And it's obviously affecting you, but it also impacts everybody around you, everybody in your circle. Your support system is all mm-hmm. impacted by that, too. And you have to think about that, because what happens when that goes extreme? 
You know what I mean? And then you're not there no more. That also impacts and infects everybody. So that's, like I said, that's, that's just a critically important record to me. I feel yeah. like um, to speak to, you know, having to elevate and get beyond it, elevate and find something better than that and realize that you may love this person, but they clearly don't love you and they show it to you. You cannot take that and, and embrace it as love. You have to realize that it's not and get away from it. Yeah, you know, I think what people fail to realize is when that stuff starts happening, then afterwards there's like this honeymoon period where things are like okay, and then this eventually that person is doing all these great things, and then love stress builds up. Your yeah, love bombing you, and then yep. eventually the stress builds up, and boom, it happens again. Exactly, it's a cycle. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. it's definitely that. Oh, I didn't mean it. Yeah, I didn't. It wasn't supposed to get like that. Oh, here gifts, <laughs> additional time, attention, money, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But it's just to it's just to lull you back into that right. false sense right. of security to get you back, just acclimated to. Oh yeah, but there are those good times, and and then you allow that to make you think it's okay. Yeah, and then you just keep going through that cycle. Like I said, until eventually one day it, it's it's too bad and it or something happened and it ain't no coming back from it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just here in Cleveland recently, we had a young lady um, who I think yep. she was a hairdresser. Yep. Um, who was a victim of domestic violence, and for, unfortunately for her, it ended fatally. Exactly. And, and and a lot of people know her. I think East Cleveland area. She was it's just so in, so unfortunate that that yeah. happened. But there's that vicious cycle. You know, a lot of times those individuals will, will yeah, come off very warm and loving. They will isolate you, make mm-hmm. you feel like you just needed to pin really on them and all this kind of stuff, you know. Um, womp, womp. <laughs> <be> <laughs> right. And, and you'll end up in, you'll end up in these, these crazy spaces that you don't need to end up in. And so we have to just really be aware of that. And, you know, which, speaking of that and that song, you know, and her being that third party, think about those friends who try to go and tell people, like, you know, you need to get out of that. That's crazy. Why don't you stop? And that person thinking they're hating or they're being funny and they're not really, they're not, right. they're not really hearing them. Yeah. Right. Because they go into, they go into, they go in, they go on defense. Yeah, they go on the defense. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, That's why right. are you, you know, I'm happy with this person. Why are you trying to interfere with that? Or why are you trying to get in the way of that? Or, like, no, nah, he ain't really that bad. And it's, it's that automatic reaction to go on defense that mm-hmm. that like definitely is is negative i've i've seen it yeah. even on the male side yeah. like, like my closest cousin his his wife who wasn't his wife at the time his girlfriend was cheating on him mm-hmm. and we had found out and everybody was like yo you're the closest person to him you have to tell him and i'm like no <laughs> but eventually i did and um, and um, he was off. He was uh, he was out of the country, and I told him, and he went into defense mode. It was just like that's right. You become the the exactly bad guy. like. Why would you come tell me this? Who who saw it happen? Yeah, How do you? What do you mean? Who saw it happen? It's like like there was just disbelief, and it was just like nah, like whoever is telling you this and whatever you hear, how are you hearing this? People just trying to get in between us, whatever the case may be. And he went off and, 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 and took her and they fled the state and got married and, and everything went bad from there. Mm. Everything went bad from there. But 
it was like he had the opportunity because we gave him the information. But it created a situation where everybody became an enemy because everybody was against the person that he loved, even though it was a bad situation. So that may get tough when you find yourself in them situations to want to step in and interfere because the potential backlash from, you know, from your loved one towards you. Yeah, right, right. You know, you lose them. You lose them.